And now, it's time for Lawyers for Jesus Radio, lighting our path through law. A show about faith in the law and in the marketplace. Featuring the partners from the law firm Mauk and Baker. Located in downtown Chicago, Mauk and Baker is nationally known for defending freedom and serving the people of faith. And now, Lawyers for Jesus. Good afternoon. Welcome to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. Today we'll be discussing a number of very important topics and timely pro-life topics, including the current efforts uh, to defund Planned Parenthood and the counter efforts to erode the rights of doctors, nurses, and other healthcare providers to speak and work in accordance with their faith and conscience. I'm Noel Sterrett. I'm an attorney and a partner at the law firm of Malcolm Baker in Chicago. We're Christian attorneys focusing on serving the body of Christ with all of its legal needs. We do everything from zoning to estate planning, not-for-profit administration, and religious freedom work. Part of our religious freedom work is really, uh, thanks in, in large part, to the Alliance Defending Freedom, uh, an organization uh, that basically exists to equip Christian lawyers across the country to stand up for your civil liberties. Uh, you can find out more about Malcolm Baker by going to our website, M-A-U-C-K-B-A-K-E-R.com, or call us, 312-726-1243. Uh, today, our guest is Casey Maddox, a senior counsel at the Alliance Defending Freedom and one of the leading pro-life lawyers in the country. Casey, it is great to have you. It's great to be on. Thanks, Noel. Well, it's... Uh, so much of what we see in the abortion context in the United States is is depressing. I mean, the fact, very fact that there we continue to have uh, abortions legal in the United States is enough to depress me. Uh, but over the years recently, we've uh, seen a lot of encouraging news uh, going on with respect to the primary abortion provider in the United States, Planned Parenthood. So I know you're right at the fore of this battle. So. Just fill our listeners in on what's going on with Planned Parenthood, what's going on with the efforts to defund Planned Parenthood, and where we go from here. Well, you know, after the, the videos broke just last year, uh, when uh, Center for Medical Progress and David Daleiden released their videos that showed Planned Parenthood officials uh, at least very friendly with the idea of making money by selling baby body parts, uh, you had uh, a firestorm of controversy that, of course, developed, and people were looking for uh, for an end to taxpayer subsidies of Planned Parenthood. And what we've seen is that the states, as is often the case these days, uh, have led uh, the charge on that. Rather than, than uh, waiting on the federal government to act, it's been the states that have really taken the lead. We've had 15 states now that have taken some kind of action uh, to cut uh, taxpayer subsidies to Planned Parenthood, in whole or in part. Okay, so now the so, people are rising up and saying, enough's enough. We cannot have our tax dollars going to an organization uh, that is not only uh, going killing children in abortions, but also splitting up the parts and then selling them. Um, you testified before Congress on, on this issue, a related one. To tell us what, what happened when you went before Congress. Well, my testimony before Congress is basically just saying, look, this is uh, the Medicaid, uh, which is the lion's share of Planned Parenthood's funding, there's no reason that Planned Parenthood has to continue to be uh, part of Medicaid, not only because uh, the, the Medicaid Act itself authorizes both Congress, certainly, and the states themselves to cut Planned Parenthood out of that program, but because there are alternatives. You know, we put together a, a website, um, and this has been one of the uh, one of the great benefits, I think, of this entire battle over the past year is that people have become aware of the fact 
that Planned Parenthood is not a necessary evil because it's not even necessary, right? That people knew that it was evil, or a lot of people knew that uh, that what Planned Parenthood was doing was wrong. But we put this website together, this GetYourCare.org, where we mapped the 10,000 or more places across the country where, where people can go and get medical services from community health centers without having to turn to places like Planned Parenthood. All right. So there are resources available for uh, women that are maybe in need of uh, whatever they need in terms of their uh, medical care, their services that they're looking for, where they don't have to go to Planned Parenthood. I, and I agree. I've seen those maps. If you haven't seen those maps, I would encourage you to go to Alliance Defending uh, Freedom's website. Uh, Casey, where is that? Where can, where can they go find these maps and these charts that show them uh, just the broad services that are available so that we can stop this ongoing narrative that Planned Parenthood is necessary because of the other services that they provide? Sure. You can go to adflegal.org, and if you go there, you'll see the the place to click to be able to go to our Sanctity of Life pages, and you can find it there. And then getyourcare.org is another good place to go for the, the interactive map uh, of the nation that will show you where alternatives are anywhere around you. It's a great resource to be able to point people to when they're telling you that without Planned Parenthood that, that people will have nowhere to go. Um, because you can zoom into your to your local area and find places that are alternatives right there. So we're talking about just a little bit of money in Medicaid going to Planned Parenthood, a lot of money. What are we talking about? You know, sadly, it is last year, uh, Planned Parenthood received a little over $550 million total dollars, taxpayer dollars. And the lion's share of that camp comes through Medicaid uh, for uh, every year. Just over the last 10 years, and, you know, they will argue that this is for, for services they're providing. Well, over the last 10 years, Planned Parenthood itself reports an excess income, what anyone else would call a profit, of $750 million. So this is an organization that's bringing in over half a million dollars, half a billion dollars in taxpayer funds every year. And in, in, in one decade's time, it has reported almost a billion dollars of just excess that it's receiving. Wow, that's that's incredible. This is Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Noel Stared of the law firm of Malcolm Baker. We're speaking with Casey Maddox, Senior Counsel with Alliance Defending Freedom. Let's talk now about the next stage. Uh, we've seen this happen before. It's not just that the abortion industry wants taxpayer funding uh, to subsidize what it's doing, uh, but there's an ongoing pressure uh, to fo- force pro-life doctors and nurses out of the medical practice, both private and public. So let's let's go there. Where, where are we seeing the effort to push uh, doctors and nurses uh, that may have pro-life commitments and believe, uh, like the science confirms, that life begins at, at conception? What's going on on that front? Because I know you're you're paying attention to that as well. Well, obviously, you're seeing it in Illinois. Yes. Uh, with the bill that's being proposed there, um, that would. Uh, would make it extremely difficult for uh, for doctors who are pro-life to be able to uh, to practice their profession without uh, caving into abortion. Um, and but you know we're seeing it across the country. I mean, California has uh, issued a mandate that requires abortion coverage by every insurance plan in the state, including insurance plans by churches. Uh, you have uh, New York State has done something very similar, uh, and. There is a uh, in uh, in Washington State. We have a case that's pending now at the Supreme Court. We're hoping the court will take the case, uh, the Stormins case, where uh, pharmacies that said we don't want to uh, to prescribe uh, or, or fill prescriptions for for Plan B and Ella that can act as an abortifacient, uh, that they would be forced to do that. So we're seeing this push across the country. I think where it comes from 
is a mentality that uh, access is not enough, that they have to completely involve everyone in abortion. It's really consistent with any other sin issue uh, that you know, people who are engaged in something want everyone else to be engaged in it because otherwise uh, there is sort of a, a feeling of a stigma associated to it. So they want to eliminate any stigma related to abortion. The way you do that is by forcing everyone to be involved in it, whether by taxpayer funding, you force the doctors to participate or at least to be trained in how to do it. Yes. And if everyone is involved, then your voices are silenced. You don't speak up against it if you have to do it yourself. Right, because you have, uh, in some sense, blood on your hands. And that's uh, it, I think the good news is the uh, pharmacist in Illinois won uh, and uh, in the Morfitz case. And we also have the Illinois Healthcare Right of Conscience Act, which, as uh, Casey alluded to, is now under threat because uh, Senate Bill 1564, which is uh, headed to Governor Rauner's desk for either his signature or his veto, uh, is going to be uh, in an effort basically to force medical care professionals uh, with pro-life commitments to carry forward the government message that uh, here, this is where you can go get abortion. Here, these are the benefits of abortion. Uh, I think it's unconscionable to think that a pro-life nurse or doctor would be forced to uh, sit down with uh, a woman that may be seeking or inquiring about an abortion and be forced to sit there and try to describe what the government considers to be the benefits of abortion. I mean, frankly, there are no benefits because you've lost a life. And, um, you know, many young women ultimately live to regret their their abortion decisions. Uh, there's so much I want to get into. Uh, where do you see this going in, in the country and where do you see the uh, best chance of advancing the pro-life cause? Because over the years, we've made tremendous advances. Right. It, you know, and I think people certainly are uh, newly awakened to what Planned Parenthood is doing. And so I think that is one one place where people were. Uh, prior to this controversy, people looked at, at Planned Parenthood, and, and shockingly, probably to your listeners who are well-informed, you had uh, a majority of the country, according to polls, thought that Planned Parenthood did not do abortions wow. prior to this past year. So, you know, to give you an idea of what we were beginning with uh, on, you know, as far as people's knowledge about abortion and what was really going on. So, uh, just think of where we are now. People are, are now aware of the fact that Planned Parenthood is doing abortions, their entire Planned Parenthood's entire argument has just been, well, how much are we being paid for the parts that we're selling? Uh, that is a completely different argument from whether or not Planned Parenthood is involved in doing abortions. Sure. So I think there is a lot of room uh, for for people to become more aware of what Planned Parenthood is doing and to turn against uh, taxpayer funding of abortion. And I think the other uh, area that we're seeing some some gains, despite the the difficulties we're facing, is in the the rights of conscience area. I think people uh, are are open to the idea that, uh, particularly in the abortion context, we shouldn't be forcing people to uh, to have to be involved in something that violates their conscience. And in the abortion arena, I think that uh, is a is a winning message. And of course, things like the fetal pain laws. You know, we've now had, I believe, 17 states that have enacted a law that bans uh, abortions after 20 weeks when the unborn child can feel pain. According to the media, you would think that all of these laws are obviously unconstitutional or all being struck down. 17 of those 17 states have those laws. Two of those laws have been enjoined. Wow. Well, coming up, let's talk more about that. The uh, progress that's being made in the pro-life movement, in the cases and in the law. And thanks a lot in large part to the work of Casey Maddox and the attorneys at the Alliance Defending Freedom. Appreciate it. Uh, coming up, we're going to talk more about these advances. You're listening to Lawyers for Jesus Radio.
Welcome back to the Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Noel Sterrett, partner of the law firm Malkin Baker, Christian law firm in Chicago. If you have a legal need, if your church does or ministry does, please call us, 312-726-1243. We're talking with Casey Maddox, senior counsel with the Lions Defending Freedom, and we've been discussing uh, the uh, ongoing and, I think, successful efforts to defund Planned Parenthood uh, in many states, uh, the ongoing efforts to defund them at a federal level, and uh, essentially the efforts of uh, many uh, involved in the abortion industry um, and perhaps those on the pro-choice side uh, to silence the pro-life doctors, the pro-life nurses. Uh, I know we just filed a case against Winnebago County Health Department uh, a week or so ago uh, that is on behalf of a pro-life nurse. She was an 18-year veteran of a pediatric clinic, a county health department, uh, decided that, uh, you know, we're integrating uh, pediatric clinic with the women health services and uh, you're going to have to make abortion referrals and you're going to have to, uh, you know, facilitate the prescription of Plan B and, and Ella. And if you don't and if you're not comfortable with it, you have to go take a job as a food inspector. Uh, Casey, is this a unique case? Is this something that happens uh, more often than we'd like to admit? You know, sadly, uh these sorts of, of attacks on conscience uh, we, we see with increasing regularity. Um, and so I think that's uh, going to be something we're going to see more and more of. But, you know, federal law has – one reason we haven't seen them uh, as much maybe in the past is that federal law has prohibited these sorts of attacks for over 40 years. You know, this was coming right out of, of Roe v. Wade. Congress acted to make sure this was not going to happen. At least that was – uh, that was Congress's intent. You even had Ted Kennedy defending rights of conscience in the abortion uh, area. Unfortunately, those laws don't have any way to enforce them. So since this is uh, Lawyers for Jesus Radio, you will appreciate, uh, your listeners will appreciate the, uh, the problem of not having a right of action. And so you have very clear conscience protections in federal law for four decades that are dependent upon the Obama administration enforcing the law. And you can imagine how well that that has been working out for us. So uh, that's that's our harsh reality. Is that you know uh, we're we're dependent upon the Obama administration to stop these attacks on conscience, and so as a result of that, you're seeing more and more of them uh, happening these days. Yeah, and thankfully, the Illinois General Assembly actually created a right of action uh, in the Illinois Healthcare Right of Conscience Act, which basically said no private or public em- uh, employer can take an adverse uh, employment decision against a nurse or a doctor for basically standing up uh, for their conscience, uh, refusing to provide a medical service that may violate their conscience. So in Illinois, we've got uh, certain protections that people don't have in other states. And I think uh, I'm encouraged. I'm hoping that uh, other nurses and doctors with pro-life commitments and an understanding, scientific understanding of when life begins, uh, will start to make their voice known. Because I think, as we're seeing in many different spheres, there's an ongoing effort to silence uh, what I would consider the voice of truth, which is uh, what the science has confirmed, what we know by just the basic uh, understanding. When you look at the ultrasound, I think the ultrasound is huge. You're given a window into the womb and you can see the baby. Uh, let's talk more. Let's turn our focus now on to the efforts to su- suppress speech in various settings. Uh, I can think of no greater example than what's going on in our college campuses, which is essentially the future uh, generations that are coming up, getting an education. Let's talk there because I know you do a lot of work in the free speech uh, context. Uh, we've done some uh, with the Alliance Defending Freedom's help. Uh, what's going on on our college campuses, Casey? 
You know, I always tell people that if you are, whatever your other concerns about our culture are, uh, whether it's the, the pro-life issues, uh, rights of conscience, uh, rule of law generally, whatever your concerns are, uh, it all goes back to the university campus. Because you, bad ideas basically come from two places. They either come from the university campus or they come from California. And the worst <laughs> ideas, of course, come from university campuses in California. So <laughs> none of this is new, right? These, all of these issues we're dealing with, the transgender bathroom and, and locker room issues, all those sorts of things, they all began on university campuses. And so what we've seen is, is over the years a, uh, an erosion, and it has rapidly accelerated on university campuses the last several years. Uh, to where students are, you know, not only prohibited from speaking in, in certain areas of the campus, from, uh, you know, from speaking on topics that would offend people, those sorts of problems that have, have been existing for a while. At NC State, we recently had a policy uh, and, and had a, a court victory where a university had decided that they would no longer allow students to speak at all in any, in any way without university advanced permission. Um, and, of course, the, the court enjoined that policy because you can't have a university where no one is allowed to speak at all. That's not creating a marketplace of ideas, but it just speaks to the culture on university campuses today that NC State even thought that was a legitimate policy it could enact. You're listening to Lawyers for Jesus Radio. I'm Noel Sterrett of the law firm of Malcolm Baker. We're speaking with Casey Maddox of the Alliance Defending Freedom. Casey, what's going on in these lawyers' minds? Uh, I've been surprised. When we've had these free speech cases uh, in Chicago, for instance, I was just shocked at uh, what these other lawyers on the other side were arguing. I mean, we've had... L- Almost all the cases that have been filed in federal courts have been won on the free speech grounds. It's just a it's such something that uh, both sides have typically agreed on. Uh, The judges at least have been uh, receptive to the free speech arguments. But these uh, college attorneys and these college administrators continue to advance arguments that are, are almost laughable. Well, they are laughable. I've, I've tried to withhold laughter on many occasions, but, uh, and I've seen the judges laugh from the bench. So what, what's the thought process here? Why are they doing it if it's so patently unconstitutional? You know, I, I think this is, this is exactly the problem, right? You have uh, lawyers and administrators out in the rest of culture who went to college where they were taught that the First Amendment is a, a great starting point, but it is subject to uh, restriction by administrators. And so, you know, it becomes a self-fulfilling uh, sort of problem, right? They, they go to, to school where they're told that, well, there's something called hate speech, and that's not protected by the First Amendment. And then they then turn around and, and, and begin to label things hate speech. It just, it feeds itself, right? So, you know, if you're concerned about seeing what the Obama administration thinks about the First Amendment, about, um, you know, all those sorts of problems that you see in the rest of culture, they begin with the people that are staffing those offices having been taught on university campuses that the First Amendment is uh, subject to restriction by our betters, the people who, who know better and can tell us what things are permissible things to say and which ones are not. Sure. And I think um, ultimately we've also got a biblical foundation for the freedom of speech, which uh, I, I think it's amazing that God allowed uh, Satan <laughs> to come before him and ask for Job. Uh, it'd be the easiest thing in the world for God to silence uh, the voice of evil and, and deception. Uh, but I think when we understand uh, that at its core truth, uh, 
um, and the claims that we have to when life begins, the, the value of life, and uh, that there is such thing as gender, and there's there God created us male and female. I think we know that in the marketplace of ideas, truth wins. And frankly, I think the other side knows that in the marketplace of ideas, uh, perversion lies and things that don't match reality, they lose. And so this is kind of the final play is if we can't beat them, well, let's silence them. That's exactly right. You know, the word of the Lord will not return void, right? Um, allow, allow me to have my soapbox and allow me to, to share the gospel. And I don't care what else you have to say. Right, because I am I am confident uh, that the words I'm speaking are true, and if if I have the opportunity to share them, uh, that they will win the day. Yeah, and I think even our courts are recognizing the solution to uh, bad speech is more speech. And uh, you know, I even had a judge um, who certainly disagreed with my client's message. Um, understand that and he went he he went so far as to represent the uh, Nazis when they marched in Skokie, even though this judge was uh, a Jewish. Uh, you know, ethnicity. And so that's, that's something that I hope our culture maintains. And I think Christians need to be at the fore of advancing religious liberty and free expression for all people uh, of all ideas, because I think that's, that's where we're at. I think uh, we can't be this, uh, you know, this group that it's free speech for, for me, but not for thee. Uh, could you speak briefly to that before we end here? Sure. You know, I mean, obviously for, uh, for the Christian, our souls are free. And you know it is uh, it's it does us no good to try to uh, uh, to force someone to convert, right? It, they sure. they have to to believe on their own, and the way to way to get there is just me being able to share the truth. We want to keep the door open for the spread of the gospel. We want to slam. We don't want to slam the door and force people to listen to the gospel. We want to keep it open for the spread of the gospel, and I think that's. Uh, you know, the other side is very concerned about that, um, and I think they are, are waging a war to make sure that uh, the gospel is not heard. Um, you know, I always say, and I, I would just close with this, I always tell people, there's only so much value in what you and I do to keep the door open for the spread of the gospel if people aren't walking through the door and sharing the gospel. Amen. And that's why it's, you know, it's, it's so critical. It would be a very defeating feeling for you and me and everybody else involved in this fight to win cases and then have no one actually taking advantage of those cases, right? That's that uh, that does mean no good um, if if that's all that happens. Yeah, and that's right. So if you're listening and uh, you know if you just need to know that you've got uh, lawyers out there that are willing to defend your rights, uh, please take note of the Alliance Defending Freedom and uh, also Malcolm Baker in Chicago. We take these civil liberties cases uh, very seriously. This is our calling. We are we we are on a mission from God. I know Casey is as well. Uh, this is our ministry. We seek to keep the door open for the gospel. Uh, we appreciate you coming on, Casey. Thanks so much for your work. Thanks for the work of the team at Alliance Defending Freedom. Uh, we'll continue to pray for you, pray that uh, more people visit your website. Uh, if you have a legal need uh, in this area or have a question or comment about Lawyers for Jesus Radio, please call us at 312-726-1243, the law- lawyers at Malkin Baker. This is Lawyers for Jesus Radio. Tune in next Saturday uh, as we'll take up another topic of faith in the law and the marketplace. Serve somebody. Yes, indeed, you're gonna have to serve some.